Welcome to the podcast. This is the SitePen podcast for developers who can't JavaScript good and want to learn to do other stuff good too. This is normally the part of a podcast where we'd say our names and give you a rundown of the show, but because we've never done this before, and this is our first episode, which is denoted by the never done this before part, we completely forgot to record that. So instead, I'm going to use my editing power to simply pretend that we did this properly. I guarantee you, you will not even notice. I am your host, Tori Rice. To my left is Brian Forbes. I live under a cornfield, actually. To my other left is Nick Nisi. A collection of the best. And currently, keeping an eye out for JavaScript ninjas, is Colin Snover. Yep. Yes, it is absolutely 100% true. That's a true fact. In this episode, we're talking about Dojo 2, Intern 3, Modules, TypeScript, Nick being distracted by squirrels, us talking over Nick, and the wonder food that will make you code like a pro. So, okay, Brian, why don't you tell us what's going on with Dojo? So, does, does everybody here know what Dojo is? I think I've I heard don't. of it before. You tell Nick doesn't know what it is. Well, we'll have to have a talk with HR afterwards, Nick. Uh, Dojo's toolkit, a JavaScript toolkit. It's been around for quite some time. Um, How long, Brian? Oh, man. Ten you years. Ask me that. Has it been ten I years? I think it's 11, isn't it? There was a, 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 a blog post a year the, ago. The blog post was 1.10. Is that that was when it turned 10? Was that a year ago? <laughs> that probably was a oh, year man. ago. Oh, man. Or Did we really manage to like line that up so that the tenth major release was on the tenth yeah, anniversary? Yeah, we planned that from the beginning. We planned that ten years wow. ago. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I was in that meeting. I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. That doesn't preclude you from being in the meeting. <laughs> right. Okay, so yes, eleven years now. Eleven wow. years. Wow. So yeah, and uh, I mean, the original intention was to. Uh, bring together kind of the best and brightest um, and uh, get their ideas and put together a, mission accomplished. I know, right. Uh, mm. Put together a, a toolkit that would uh, kind of meet the needs of the average developer. And uh, it's been going on for 11 years now. And it's still here. So what are we doing um, these days with Dojo? That's a pretty large version number. That is quite a large version number. It's not as large as uh, 36 or 42, um, but it is the uh, second number in there is quite large. Um, lately, we've just been doing maintenance releases and not really too many new features, but um, unbeknownst to... Everyone. <laughs> the entire world. Yeah, the Oops. entire world, right? Whoops. Uh, we have been uh, working on what we're going to do for the next version of Dojo, Dojo 2. What are we going to do? Maybe we should make it Dojo 22, just to kind of really Maybe. increment that version. Or 24. Number. 24 is a good number, too. Are we going to do a six-week release schedule? Because we'll get it up there real quick, if so. No, I don't know if we'll do that. That's but it's the trend. I mean, it's still trendy. What, what about a four-week release schedule? Now, I'm just a designer, but aren't we doing it where every single line of code is its own module that gets pulled in? Uh, so we could do that. Kill me. Every, yeah, we're we're, we're every taking inspiration week, from 5.js. Every single week, we'll just like 
you know, update some of the modules and man. Yeah, I think we yeah. can do that. Is that not how we're doing it? No, I don't really know. We're not. You can't just say that you're a designer and then use that to abdicate responsibility for knowing what's going on. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that is actually something you can do. I've read Reddit, and that appears to be accurate. Yeah, r slash design fails. r slash lazy people. <laughs> well, it's the same, it, it basically cross-links to uh, designers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so what are we actually doing? So what we actually, so uh, we've been working on on some proposals to kind of figure out what what uh, the new the new dojo um, should look like. Um, yeah, and so we should have those out, I believe, by the end of the month, possibly sooner. Um, so we're working on a new website for dojo to kind of kick it into the web three point Is that a thing? Uh, no. no, no, but you know. It could be. It could be, yeah. I think that by the time people are hearing this, this will already be out, and the proposals will be out, and some code will be being Sweet. written. So you're going to work really fast on editing this and getting it done then is what I'm hearing. No, I'm going to work really slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've gone through and we've, we've kind of uh, rethought what, uh, what Dojo is. Um, at the time when we were looking at what Dojo was, it wasn't really feasible feasible to have um, several packages. It was easier to deliver things wholesale. Um, back in the kind when of, we were doing Dojo one. Back in the at the turn of the century. Yeah, back at the turn of the century. Last century. La- last last decade. Decade, son. Yeah, I know. It's not been that long. It hasn't been a century. I realize it feels that well, way. It's a century. Um, so does this mean we're starting from scratch and all the code and APIs are brand new? It's not all uh, new stuff. We are using right. some other packages from other places. So, like, for cases where something is uh, already available, like jQuery, for example, we're not going to, like, rewrite jQuery. You know, Dojo 1 had Dojo Query, but there's there's no reason for us to do that. So we are uh, not just recreating everything. It's really, you know, designed to be a coherent set of, APIs and so you kind of learn it once and then it, it all kind of works and it gives you everything you need as opposed to going to NPM and thinking, you know, hey, which of these 300 command line arguments parsers is the right one for me to use? Um, there's just there's a lot of choice out there and of course it's stupid. You know, there's an XKCD comic about this not creating another standard and now you have more competing standards. Um, but, you know, Dota's already been around for a very long time. Um, so we're not really creating anything new per se. Right. Um, it's more of an evolution of what we already have. And, and hopefully for people that are sort of experiencing that choice fatigue, the developer fatigue of, you know, never really knowing what the right choice is. Um, my hope, at least, is that we are coming up with a really good general purpose solution for everybody. Right. And, and to, to, to Colin's point, um, there are quite a few of the APIs from Dojo One that are great. And we're keeping those. So um, this isn't going to be a completely new API. There's going to be some ideas that are new because there's new ideas on the web. Um, you know, one of those would be streams. Streams weren't really a big thing when Dojo One came out. Um, but, you know, we'll still have the familiar has API and um, a lot of the DOM APIs will remain uh, similar. 
Yeah, so it's really taking a collection of the best and putting it together into a coherent way to create large applications in JavaScript. And, and so it's kind of gluing that together with custom components and things that already exist. And uh, the 2.0 release also allows us to do a great thing, and that is to drop some of uh, the existing toolkit that is there primarily to support older browsers. Oh, and Bombshell. It's written in TypeScript. What? It's true. It is. What's this TypeScript thing? <laughs> What's this TypeScript thing? Have you been living under a rock? I, don't, uh, I work from home. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> and I live in flyover oh, country. Okay. So, yes. I live under a cornfield, actually. Yeah, so I've heard of TypeScript, okay. I think. It's something that Angular invented, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick. <laughs> Why must you cut me so deep? Oh, that was us. Well, just a brief overview, TypeScript is a superset of JavaScript created by Microsoft. It adds uh, static typing um, to JavaScript, so you don't have to deal with things like making a typo and then your code crashes, or trying to pass an object instead of a string, and then you get object object written out to your page in a very unpleasant way. That's my favorite error. Yeah, so... It's not an um, error, it's a feature. <laughs> Some people would agree with you, Brian. So, this is written by Microsoft. I thought all they did were things like Internet Explorer and C Sharp. Well, Microsoft has become a very interesting company in the last little while. Um, ever since they uh, replaced Steve Ballmer, um, they've done a huge reorganization and they've been doing a lot of really interesting things. So they have um, been working on TypeScript, um, which to Nick's point is, uh, in fact, also going to be used by Angular 2. Um, and they, uh, they've done a bunch of other stuff with their existing technology. So they've actually open sourced the, uh, the core.NET CLR. Um, so you can actually write .NET applications that are cross-platform and look at the actual .NET code. And it's uh, it's really interesting to see sort of what they've been doing lately. But um, but yeah, TypeScript, um, the version 1.5, so they've been releasing quite a few versions, I think, that started working with this um, in like 2013. And um, we're right on the edge of version 1.5 now, probably will be released by the time anyone actually hears this. And uh, so just a f like a little under two weeks ago, they released an alpha version of 1.5. And 1.5 is kind of the TypeScript release that adds a bunch of um, new features from ECMAScript 6, or if you prefer ECMAScript 2015, uh, since that's apparently what we're supposed to call it now. I prefer ECMAScript 2016, but I'm waiting for you guys to catch up. It's a brave new world. But 1.5 has a ton of new stuff in it, which is really exciting. Um, so things like uh, object destructuring and symbols and decorators, which actually are not even an ES6 thing. They're proposed for, for ECMAScript 7 or 2016. What is this decorating thing? So decorators uh, basically allow you to annotate a property or a class or function with, uh, or actually a function parameter with another function. So 
one of the things that exists in ECMAScript 6 is a class-like syntax. So now for people that don't want to learn or understand how prototypal inheritance works, people have the ability to actually use classical inheritance using class keyword. I mean, it's still prototypes. Now, now one, one, one point, uh, Colin, is that the uh, decorator syntax only works on classes. Uh, classes, class members, static methods, methods of the class. Uh, so for right now, it's you can't actually use a decorator with a, a standalone function. All right. I'm not actually sure that's true. I was playing with them the other day, and I, I don't recall there being that restriction, but I can't remember if I tested that specifically. Okay. So I guess I'll just I've have been to read the thread. Hey, there's going to be a throwdown okay. next episode. We're going to come back to that. Yeah, cage <laughs> match. I'll bring my issues, and you bring yours. Fiddle up. Awesome. So, so the the problem with the the class, uh, or not really a problem, but with the the class syntax sort of eliminates this ability for us to do things like, um, in current uh, current JavaScript. So, if you're creating a new uh, class like type, new type in in JavaScript, one of the things that you could do with like methods would be you can use another function and wrap the function in another function in order to add some additional behavior to that function. So for example, if you were writing a data model and you wanted to define a particular uh, value as having a validator or a type restriction or something like that, uh, if you're using the old ECMAScript 5 syntax for doing everything, you could just wrap that in a function and you'd be good to go. Um, in ECMAScript 6, because they're in the class, you have this shorthand. So instead of having to write the property name and then a colon and then the word function, you can actually just write the property name and then uh, brackets and then you're good to go. So in order to enable that sort of function wrapping, uh, annotations or decorators provide the solution for that. So you can just decorate the function that way and it gives you basically the same functionality. Um, and if you have ever used Python or Java, it's exactly the same syntax, pretty much. Sounds like there's a lot of cool stuff. So now the question is, uh, what does Dojo 2 gain from being written in TypeScript? So I think one of the primary benefits of all of this is, of course, the static typing. I mean, it really does eliminate so many different classes of errors. Um, it also allows us to do some kind of interesting things. Um, as the language continues to evolve and we start seeing things like being able to provide runtime type information, uh, we can use this information to do things like enforce uh, types at runtime. Um, but really, <clears throat> the two the two main things are that, that extra level of, of uh, type safety to really just eliminate an entire class of, of error in your application. And the other thing is that the compiler actually gives us the ability to use all of these ECMAScript 6 features today. So you don't have to wait for your browser to support ES6 or whatever environment you're targeting. Um, the TypeScript compiler works as a transpiler down to ES3 or ES5. So you can use most of these features today. Um, without needing to actually be running in an ES6 So what does it mean to somebody who wants to use Dojo in their project? Does this mean that they are, you know, this is great for only for projects using TypeScript, or if you're just writing plain JavaScript, you could still leverage Dojo? 
Yeah, so the TypeScript compiles down to a really nice, easy-to-read version of JavaScript. So if you're not a TypeScript person, you revile the idea of having to use static typing or a compiler or anything. You don't want to do it. You're weird, but that's cool. Um, the The nice thing is that the the output is very readable. So it's not it's not difficult to to understand um, the actual JavaScript that gets emitted, and so you can just take that that JavaScript and use it directly. Also, I think another benefit of of TypeScript is it lets us stay out of the module war and just use the TypeScript module syntax and compile to whatever syntax we want. Um, I haven't seen this war covered on Fox News, so I'm not sure it's real or not. Um, but what exactly is a module, and why are they at war? The, so... <laughs> yeah, that's a question. Nick has been having well, struggle, struggling it's... focusing recently because there's a window, <clears throat> and he looks out it, and he gets distracted. <laughs> There are squirrels. It's the spring. Amber waves again, <laughs> Are you also in flyover country? I am. Yes. Um, so modules are a nice way that we can separate our code out into different files or or into different logical pieces and bring them in uh, as needed, and so they can be um, they can be contained within that module. We can avoid doing things like polluting the global namespace and then just bring in what we need through uh, a module loader that can determine what, what is actually needed and it will only bring in what what is needed in, in that application as opposed to every file or causing us to... That sounds hard. Yeah. Wouldn't that make a lot of files, though? Yes. Uh, but that's usually easier to maintain uh, in the long run. If you have a large team of developers and they were all modifying the same two or three files, wouldn't you have conflicts all the time? No, I really enjoy merging. So you're telling me I won't have to do that as much? I'm sorry. Right, you will have no enjoyment. So, okay, so we have had modules for a long time, right? But there are new ones called in... in in ES6, they're actually new modules. Like, there are modules in the language right. now. Yeah, Dojo's had modules for a very, very long time. Um, so so what is new and different and amazing about these native ES modules? Um, it, we finally have a, uh, a specification that tells us how to write our modules for so long. We've had... Brian, this is uh, Nick's segment. I'm talking over Nick, so... Nick, tell us about those competing standards. Uh, no, actually, continue your, your train of thought. This is... <laughs> this is going to be... Say Nick's, Nick's like one, <laughs> Nick's Whatever. watching the squirrels. <laughs> so, so I mean, for a long time, uh, nobody ever thought about modules, and uh, they just thought about, oh, I'll just throw it all in either one file or various different files, um, and just use script tags to bring them in, um, like actually putting the script tags in their index.html or whatever page it was. Um, and uh, Dojo came up with its own module format. There were several other module formats. Uh, I know uh, YUI or UI had their module format. 
Um, and so, you know, if I'm forgetting any, I apologize. Now you're talking about specifically um, the pre 1.7 dojo modules, right? At this time? Uh, pre pre 1.6 okay. modules. Oh yes. 1.6. Yeah. 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 Um, the around ancient ones. Dojo, what's that? The ancient ones. Yes. Why are you even talking about that? Well, this, is what, just, this is boring. I'm History sorry. sucks. Didn't aliens just do it? Cause I was watching history channel <laughs> yes. and it was just aliens. <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, you know, we've gone from having no module formats to, you know, some very proprietary ones to some competing uh, community ones. And now we've got a one that a, a standards body has given to us. And it's, it's pretty nice. It, it combines some features that are, are nice to have from um, a lot of the different uh, module syntaxes. You know, you've got your, your imports, your exports, and uh, it solve circular dependencies um, those sorts of well, things well I think I'm sold but what's the downside well there is one <laughs> downside and that is that currently there is actually no um, module loader specification for ECMAScript 6 so that's been... so we have the modules we can't actually load them right anything. so we have the modules and we can't really use them so to Colin's point, you are correct. Um, I don't make points, Brian. He just talks. Or to Colin's I just I just read what's on the thing. <laughs> so yeah, since so you talked over Nick and then I also talked over Nick. Nick. Yeah, and Colin Nick has too. some squirrels <laughs> hanging. <laughs> hey, I think that I should say something before. Of Nick course. Talks. About you should squirrels? talk over me. You yeah. should probably just talk about his squirrels. Oh, I was. I, I just wanted to talk over Nick a little bit too. Wanted to get in. Get in while the getting's good. Party. Yeah. I wanna, well, I'm just channeling my inner Kanye. So. <laughs> wow. Nice. Call it. So Nick doesn't really deserve this segment. I'm going to let you finish, but I just wanted to say that. Nice. I'm confused. Did you have something to say? <laughs> no. no. Nick, Nick, there was a joke <laughs> there that died out just... right there. <laughs> I realize that I'm very old-fashioned and I use words like Kanye West, but it's, <laughs> it's not that old of a joke. It's only like three years. So that's the big benefit of of writing in TypeScript too, right? Is is that we get to use the the ES um, module syntax, and then we can run in today's browsers because we can load as as either CommonJS or AMD. Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yes, it is absolutely 100% true. That's a true fact. And in um, fact, there is a pull request open to incorporate a UMD-like syntax. Not quite UMD, um, but it would work in either AMD or CommonJS. Yeah, so if you like making modules and you want them to just work in the environments that already exist today... Um, so what are some of the downsides to writing in TypeScript? None. Oh, there are no downsides. Um, honestly, the primary downsides of using TypeScript are the same downsides that you would have if you were trying to actually use ES6 right now. Um, the... The fact of the matter is that in order to use TypeScript, you do have an extra compilation step. I wouldn't really necessarily say this is even an issue, and here's why. The nice thing about 
TypeScript is that uh, it comes with a server that any IDE can use to get information about a TypeScript file. So as you're working in your code editor, whether it's Sublime or Atom or Brackets or Vim, whatever, if you're weird, you'd use Emacs, I guess. Shots fired. Um, or Nano. <laughs> So, but whatever whatever uh, whatever ID you're using, the nice thing is that you get this really easy way of getting this live feedback about the stupid things that you're doing wrong that are going to break all your dumb code. So there, so there is this additional compilation step, but you can actually have that be part of your your IDE, part of your tool set, so that. When you're working on a file and you save that file in your code editor, it automatically generates the underlying TypeScript, or excuse me, the underlying JavaScript. So it's um, it's an extra step, it's an extra thing that you need to have in your in your tool chain. But it's not like it actually provides a lot of benefits. So like if you already have something like you have, you know, a linter that's set up, which you should, because if you don't, then your code is awful and you should feel bad. Um, the no, linter as like a grunt task or a linter as your as part of your IDE. Uh, either way, it doesn't okay. it doesn't really matter. I mean, as long as you have something like if you have a linter or you have an optimizer, like you're minifying your code, those are the things that you really as uh as a developer you should be doing those things. Um, I mean, you don't need to minify if you're only working on the server, but um, that's that's also that means you're weird. Um, there's so, a lot of weird people out there. There's a lot of say, weird people. A lot of dumb there. and weird people. Yep, I'm working really hard to alienate as <laughs> so many if, people in our fledgling audience as possible. Well, we're still big in Cambodia. <laughs> so if you're using something like we can't talk about that, Tori. <laughs> if you're using something like Browserify already, I mean, you're already used to a build step. Like yeah, that. pretty much. Um, I mean, Browserify you can use in a couple of different ways. So you can have a build step or you can have it run as sort of like middleware so it has a server and it, you know, run, compiles on the fly. But essentially it's the yep. same thing. You know, if you're using TypeScript, you can compile on the fly with a watch task if you Yeah, want. I think that a lot of people so. were much more hesitant about uh, build steps in the past few years just because there really wasn't a lot of tooling around, at least that I am aware of. I mean, I'm sure there was, but like, you know, grunt and things like that before they existed. Build steps were like you literally had to go to your command line and run like build sh that someone else made that may not work properly. And so I think that a lot of people maybe still have that, you know, perception of a build step when the reality now is that, you know, you get these things set up and they just run and you don't really think about it. You just hit save and it does it. And, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And And the other thing, too, is, you know, there are a lot of people that say things like, well, you shouldn't use like you shouldn't use TypeScript or you shouldn't use um, anything that has a feature in it that isn't been officially blessed by TC39. Um, TC39 being the group that actually develops the ECMAScript specification. And the problem is that with the way that development is sort of working right now, um, you're always going to be needing to get those new features that aren't going to exist in the environments that you need to target today. So at this point, we're pretty much on a treadmill where either you don't use the new features that exist in the language for five or six or more years, 
or you're using a build step in order to compile the that extra sugar that comes from the newer language um, into code that can be consumed by older environments that don't support those features. And just for as long as that's as long as that's able it, to be done. As, as, yeah, well, as long as as long as that's able to be done, and, and as long as we have um, you know a plan to release a new language specification every year. So right. just for Brian's benefit, um, living in Iowa, sugar is kind of like what they you know, make high fructose corn syrup. Oh, is syrup. that like high fructose yeah, corn Yeah, it's very syrup? similar. Sweet. Okay, I got it. Thank um, you. So that sounds really great. Uh, you know, one of the things about build steps that always bothered me was, like I said, having to go to the terminal. So what I did was actually got a bunch of interns to do that for me. And then, uh, you know, they manually compiled stuff. And that uh, brings me to uh, my question, which is, what's up with intern? Nick. So yeah, I totally had a, a transition into this. I was going to say how testable. No, I'm using my is transition script, and, and, and then Tori just totally <laughs> talked over you. Can I come up with one too? Yeah, go ahead. Everyone yeah. can. Uh, yeah. No, you got to have one ready. You can't just it. say that. I'm going to go let ahead, you finish. So yeah, I mean, you brought up intern, Tori. Um, can I use intern with something like TypeScript? I, I think intern's written in JavaScript, right? Does like, are they no. even compatible? Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry, that's a lie. Yes, they are. Um, <clears throat> yes, so uh, absolutely you can. One of the things that TypeScript does is it model, it allows you to model existing JavaScript code. Um, and it does that using definitions, uh, uh, ambient declarations. And um, and so Intern 3, um, the upcoming release of, of Intern, actually comes with uh, declarations for all of uh, all of the intern APIs. So you can actually import those declaration files into TypeScript and it will then know what all of the intern APIs look like. So you can you can write typed code and have it work with intern. What else uh, is, is coming with version three? In version three, yeah. man. So much wait, wait, stuff. In version three or version three? Inversion. It's in version what? three. In, like negative three? I don't No, we don't use it, Brian. So, in version 3, um, what is coming is not a lot of super exciting stuff, but things that will really help us to do some cool new things with Intern in the future. So, we've been spending a bunch of time sort of refactoring the execution lifecycle of Intern so you can... Um, hopefully in the future you'll be able to do things like just load intern directly into some other script that you have and execute it. Or you'll be able to add new execution modes. So if you're a big fan of test-driven development and you want an automatic live reloading thing that will restart all of your tests every time you change a file or something like that, it'll be really easy to add those sorts of things in the future. Uh, the second thing that we're doing in Intern 3, which is a big thing, is to add configuration to all the reporters that come with it. So um, one of the most highly requested features is being able to do things like choose what file name you're using for JUnit output or you know do, do those sorts of redirections or change like what your thresholds are for your code coverage results. So we'll be able to configure all of that stuff in Intern 3, um, just through your standard Intern So how weird are people that don't currently do testing like this? Because we're all about weird. Yeah, I just want to see. Pretty, pretty, pretty weird. weird, definitely. Um, although I will say, again, 
if you're using a static uh, a language that has static typing, like TypeScript, um, there are a good number of tests that you can actually eliminate from your test suites entirely. So you don't have to do things like check to make sure that if somebody passes invalid types into a function of yours, that it does the right thing because the compiler enforces type correctness. Within your application, so, if you were writing a library, you might still have to check that if you wanted it to be consumed as JavaScript. Well, I hope nobody here is writing a library other than Dojo. I'd be very upset I'm if that just, was the I'm case. Just that. Maybe they're writing a library on top of Dojo. <laughs> and they should come talk to us. I know, right? Really, anyone should just come talk to us because we like talking. That's true. So when can we expect version 3? Oh, dear. Um, it should be sometime in April. Nice. That's this month. Yeah. It is That's this like month. Yummy, yummy. Nick! You should uh, also tell people some delicious, healthy food recipes. <laughs> Nick um, eats food. Yeah. Whoa. Not to put you on the spot or anything. The best but... food for you is clearly white meat chicken, uh, preferably if it is cut into the shape of dinosaurs. Uh, I hear that that's, that's brain food. <laughs> Do you bread it? Yes. Yes, it has to be breaded. Uh, that is, that's a must. Where did you learn this recipe? Uh, I learned it from the kids' menu at a Salvadoranian restaurant. A what? I, I went... can't even say that. <laughs> if you can't pronounce the restaurant, you shouldn't eat it. I think that's what some people say. I don't. Well, then how are you going to ever eat Chinese food? I have no intention of ever doing that. Really? <laughs> Unfortunately. Nick? Mick does not eat oh, food. Man. When we went to Unplugged, I'm pretty sure that he actually just did not eat the entire time we were there. Actually, he uh, asked everybody for their beef jerky. <laughs> that, I, that is I brought true story. True story. <laughs> okay, well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and downloading and hopefully subscribing. Um, subscribe and download. Listen if you want to. Um, if you want to know more about SitePen, you can go to SitePen.com and follow us on Twitter at SitePen. We offer workshops on using Intern and the Dojo Toolkit, both in person and online, so check it out. And to learn more about Nick's squirrels, uh, tune in to future episodes. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. I was rolling down the window. Cause I like to feel the wind blow We got a good thing Gonna see where the day goes Take it fast, take it real slow We got a good